As we have been doing throughout the NFL draft lead up, we're going live Thursday afternoon, evening, depending where, where you are in America, where you are in the world. Maybe it's morning for you. Uh, good, good Friday morning to you. In that case, NFL draft Q&A, a little bit more on the Debo situation. I think I have it figured out, Croc. Not to worry out there, 49ers fans. Let's get into it right now. Locked on 49ers coming at you live. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Seeing the chat fill up already. Thanks, everybody, who's jumping on live with us. And uh, hope you have a nice weekend if you're just driving to work, driving home from work on a Friday, listening to this episode of Locked On 49ers. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen on the podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network every day. It's what we do here. Your team every day. Croc, uh, this is our daily conversation about Debo Samuel before we get into some prospects. And I know uh, we'll see in the chat if some folks have some uh, some prospects we want to talk about, some other draft things. Uh, but Debo is dominating the headlines for the 49ers. And I got to figure it out. Croc, do you, do you want to hear what's going on? Because I, I got it. Yeah, of course, let's do it. I want to hear it. So this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Well, there's there's two possibilities. There's the A that is the main possibility, and then there's a B, which kind of ties into A. But basically, here's the deal. Debo Samuel knows now's the time to cash in because he's coming off a great year. Like it's going to be hard, to, even if he plays awesome, it's going to be hard to top what he did last year. And when you compare that to what could happen in a changing offense with a new quarterback and potential injury, now's the time to cash in. But Debo Samuel's not a free agent. So what would a good agent try to do? Try to make Debo into a free agent. And know, you know how you do that is you get the 49ers to, you ruffle enough feathers to get the 49ers to agree to allow you as the agent to seek a trade. And now guess what? You are a free agent. Because now you've got every team bidding and you can go see how much Debo Samuel can make on the open market because you can talk to every single team and then you can see if they can line up enough draft capital to send to the 49ers to get Debo paid somewhere. Or maybe you just say, hey, see John Lynch? These guys are going to pay Debo Samuel $27 million per year. So you're over here at $22.5 million. That is not enough. So this is just, look, and I think Debo's, allowed thing and you could tell Debo's uncomfortable with it right because of his responses to a lot of this stuff yeah he keeps down everything it's like nope it's not about money I haven't been offered a contract even uh it's not about he he, he said he 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 rebutted Schefter's report about it being where he wants to live it's not that either it's not uh I don't know to, you know tomorrow there'll be a report that, that he doesn't like wearing number 19 and then the day after that he's like oh, I don't like the weather you know and then uh <laughs> I don't want to be called Debo. I want to be called Tyshun, right? And it's not usage because he loves wide back. He he was he was all about being a wide back for the 49ers. Right. It's it, it comes down to money and it comes down to getting this deal done soon and trying to get a little bit of extra bit of that leverage. And I think the other part of it is potentially that I wonder if just a lack of the 49ers even throwing an offer out there, right? Is just like, let's get an offer going. Let's get this going. Because it sounds like the 49ers haven't jump-started talks, but the 49ers, as we've seen, have made their big signings with their with their um, pending free agents, their players going into the last years of their contracts in the summertime. 
And the 49ers still haven't figured out a way to get Jimmy Garoppolo off of the roster. And that $25 million will be very helpful in paying, you know, uh, getting enough room under their salary cap to pay the signing bonus and everything for Debo Samuel and everything they want to do there. So I think the 49ers are trying to be patient in this and Debo Samuel and uh, his side of things are not patient. And I really think Debo's agent who also represents DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, I think they want to get Debo's deal done first, which is why they're in a rush to do this thing so that they can go then to the Seahawks and to the Titans and ask for even more money for those other wide receivers. I feel like that's really what's going on here. And I know that the body of work would tell these agents that I think AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, even though Debo had the better year last year over the course of all three years put together, I think Brown and DK will end up making more. So Mm. that means they want Debo's deal done first. And I would think the 49ers want Debo's deal done before those others too, because you know, if DK signs tomorrow, then now Debo is going to be asking more, more than whatever he got. So Tony Pauline has been reported, and I actually do a podcast with Tony Pauline. Shout out to my guy, Tony Pauline. But uh, Tony Pauline, he came out and said the offer to Debo Samuel or whatever the 49ers put on the table was $19 million per year. Do you think that's enough to for Debo to feel disrespected? Uh, I think it could be. It depends when. Because if this was in February before free agency, $19 million seems like a good starting point from where the 49ers should have been after everything else that's happened in free agency and the trades and stuff. Um, after the Christian Kirk deal, you, you can't go to 19 million anymore. The 49ers got to be up around 22 million. And there's been some reports that the 49ers are willing to go 21 to 24 ish million dollars. That should get it done. That should be where the market is for Debo Samuel right now. So I don't think money is something they should be too far apart from, but Debo Samuel two days ago from his own mouth in that Instagram live said they haven't even gotten an option if that's where the disrespect is that they just haven't gotten anything going yet it feels like they're just trying to trying to create enough for the 49ers to come with something strong right now or try to get other teams involved to show the 49ers what a team would be willing to pay Debo Samuel so so listen here we go uh, multiple sources tell the Niners uh tell me that the Niners put a baseline contract offer on the table for Debo Samuel so a baseline contract offer which averages just under $19 million per year. As first reported during the Draft Insider podcast with Trey Wingo back on April 12th, the same day Samuel scrubbed his social media account of all things 49ers. Uh, also during this time was, you know, the same time they had that meeting. You know, remember, remember uh, Lynch and Shanahan met with him. And it wasn't until then that he got disgruntled. Uh, most believe Samuel's ultimate contract will be in the range of 23 to 24 million per year. He likely, he likely won't make as much as AJ Brown who could sign a renegotiated contract with Tennessee Titans sooner than later. You know where they messed up big time, right? None of these guys got drafted first round. They went first round. You wouldn't have to worry about it as much. They got a fifth year option. That's true. Well, these guys shouldn't even have been there for the 49ers to take because they should have been first round picks because uh, the 49ers, but then the 49ers one might have ended up with Nikhil Harry or something like that. Oh, they would have. Yeah, they would have. Here's, yeah. So on the meeting with Shanahan, let's say because they've shot down every every reason why Debo Samuel might want to be traded, quote unquote. And I don't think he necessarily wants to be traded. I think this is just the negotiation ploy, which I I think the 49ers are going to end up with Debo 
don't worry. That's that's what I think is going to end up happening because you know I got to push back because what what are they going to get? They're not going to get the offer they need to move on from Debo. Are, are the Jets really going to come with ten and thirty eight and a next year top fifty pick or whatever? Like that's I don't. Well, are you saying the 49ers don't want to do it or Debo Samuel's camp doesn't want to do it? Oh yeah. So basically, the 49ers are going to be like. No, we're not trading you. And then the da- the draft's going to go away, and then that's going to be it. There's going to be no, no more do, trading conversation. Do you think there's a scenario where Debo Samuel really doesn't want to get traded? Oh, yeah. I, I think Debo would like to stay. And here's the thing. If Debo doesn't want to stay, then it's not. A, then then maybe that adds up because it's not about money. It's not about usage. It's not about all those other things. Maybe it's personal. Maybe Debo doesn't like playing for Kyle Shanahan. Maybe Debo doesn't like who his future quarterback is going to be. That would well, be the they, only reasons that would really make sense for Debo to want to go because I would think this is the best place for Debo is with Kyle Shanahan and just being completely featured in this offense because he could go somewhere else and the usage could be completely different in a bad way for Debo Samuel's career. I think for Debo Samuel to, to come out and request a trade, he really wants out. Like it's gotten to that point because this is a guy who has openly talked about his relationship with Kyle Shanahan. They are very open, that line of communication. They talk every day about anything and everything. So to have that type of like respect for your coach, and regardless of that relationship, go out and say, I have requested a trade, but you mean that. BSE says, Peacock is not a fan of agents. I, I just don't trust them. Little shadowy figures in the background. And, and you know, it, here's the thing is, I care about 49ers fans who are the listeners of this podcast. Debo's agent doesn't give a crap about 49ers fans. He cares about money, right? He cares about right. his money first. Debo's money second. He cares about the 49ers third and 49ers fans very, very last, right? So that's, you know, and that's an agent's job. Croc, you've had an agent, right? Um, yes. That agent was like, Croc, you're flying all over the country because we're trying to get you signed, right? But you weren't Correct. a big money free agent, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like you had your your choice of of whatever. And it's not to say that agents are, are a bad thing. Agents are a very good thing. And Debo Samuel deserves to get paid. But it gets performative and everything gets pushed out there in public. And that's where it starts to get a little bit weird. And in the end, I mean, we're seeing it in the chat. We're seeing it all day on Twitter. Fans aren't happy with Debo Samuel. I don't think that's a great way to go about it because I don't think it's going to end up changing how much money Debo Samuel makes if it's with the 49ers. Now, if they want to all max out money, it's all about money all the time then Debo's going to have to maybe go somewhere else and maybe they could get traded, but I don't think they're going to be able to force the 49ers within a week to do that unless a team comes with something crazy. And do, Go ahead. Do, do you think that, you know, and you brought up the fans and how they're kind of turned on a little bit, right? A lot of, a lot of fans. I'd say it's dang near 50-50 at this moment. I, even some of my homies have been like, you don't need Debo Samuel. And I'm like, you know, all right, <laughs> we'll see. But for someone like Debo Samuel, who comes off to me a little emotional, right? And what I mean, like, I don't mean that in a bad way, but he just seems like a very emotional person. And when you already feel some type of way about the organization, it clearly, right? You scrub your account. Like, you are upset. And then the fans double down on that upsetness. And they're, you know, the racist stuff, whatever, the, you know, they're, they're telling you they're not happy with you. You need to get on. You need to go. I could see someone like him being like, all right, like y'all want me going? Like, I'm out. And really feel like that. The only thing I, I think can help this situation is just let a little bit of time pass and like, all right, let's calm down, everyone. Let's chill out. Let's get this deal done. Let's get him as close to what he wants as possible and go from there. But 
I, I don't but the only issue is if you are gonna make a move, the draft is next week. It's gotta happen this week. If there is gonna be a move for Debo Samuel, I still don't think it's going to happen. But a little bit more on that and what it could look like as it goes forward here with Debo Samuel. And I want to talk about one team in particular and shout out to the Jets fans that are in the chat right now that are trying to find out a little bit about Debo Samuel. But first I want to let the folks out there know about Shady Rays, an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of a $200 pair of sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Not only broken sunglasses, but lost sunglasses. And I know everybody out there has lost or broken their glasses before. You can find uh, the protection that nobody else gives for Shady Rays. It's pretty unbelievable. And even better yet, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, head over to ShadyRays.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON. One word locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. So if Debo Samuel does get traded, they've got odds on where his landing spot could be at betonline.net, your source, your number one source for all betting, stats, and sports information, as well as wagering. Colts, number one? Why, Croc? Why would the Colts be first-round pick? Well, I think they got some second round draft capital, maybe a future pick, and they have a big need at receiver. Huge need. All they have is Pittman. That's it. Campbell, if he comes back and he's okay, but you can't count on that. And they might be really trying to load up and go for it. That is a team that, you know, they did trade for Matt Ryan. Get those non first round having asses out of here. (laughs) I'm talking Packers. They're up there as well in the top five. Eagles, Chiefs. Saints, they've all got two first-round picks, and especially those Jets is where I would put my money right now. More on that a little bit later. Find all the sports developments, league reviews and news, including not only football and draft props, but basketball, playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Get over to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Don't forget to check out Croc doing the Locked On NFL draft thing. And we have tons of draft coverage here on the Locked On Podcast Network live all three days of the draft, as well as Odyssey and Locked On Network presenting the ultimate mock draft. Getting close to the end of that thing. Going to want to tune into the very last day for sure to find out who Croc and I select for the San Francisco 49ers at pick 61 in the ultimate mock draft. All right, Croc. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's the other thing I was thinking. Like, look, like they're they're trying to shake the 49ers into doing something, and then nothing happens before the draft. Debo sticks around, and then they're gonna sign a deal in the summer, and then everyone's gonna be like, Yeah, oh yeah, never mind. We're good. I, we love Debo. Debo loves us. I can't wait. I'm gonna go win a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers, right? That's what's gonna happen. And everyone's gonna forget about it and hug and make up. That's Hopefully. the way I think it's gonna end. Hopefully. But what if the Jets come calling? What if and they, the Jets- and- Come <laughs> Did you hear their GM today, Joe Douglas? Yes, and I've got the quote exactly because I want to get it right. Joe Douglas was asked, 
about specifically Debo Samuel, not just trading for a wide receiver, but about Debo Samuel during uh, Joe Douglas's the Jets GM about their during their uh, media availability pre-draft. And he said, can't get into specifics for a player that's not on our current roster. But quote, if the right opportunity presents itself, we are going to be aggressive, end quote. So what is aggressive? We already know they had offered 35 and 38. And man, they got a lot of draft picks and they got the cap room. 35 and 38 plus 69. That was the deal they offered for Tyreek Hill, correct? Correct. 35, 38, 69. Right. Which and I think is actually like, that's solid draft capital. I know what fans don't look at it like that. I was listening to a podcast and they were like, well, Tyreek Hill, they got a one, a two, and whatever else. And, and then I'm like, yeah, I mean, a one and a two, but we're talking about pick 29, pick 51. Would you rather have pick 29, 51, or pick 35 and 38? I'd rather have 35 and 38 than 29 and 51, even though it sounds better with 29 because it's a first-round pick, but it ain't better when, when you can have those dang near back-to-back picks right early round two. Right. I would take 35 and 38 as well over that. Yeah. But I still wouldn't take that for Debo Samuel. I'd be saying you got to go 10 and I still want 38 and I still want to pick next year, a day two pick. So that would be the price for me. It would be a second rounder next year, probably and 10 and 38 this year. And uh, it's looking like uh, there's some folks in the chat that are on board with that with me. You got to go. I'm I mean, not getting into the like the futuristic Brian Burns and all this. Like, no, no this this there won't be a player. I, 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 there won't, I don't see a scenario where there's a player involved in this. Like, I mean, there could be a player as a throw in, but look, Brian Burns, I've seen a lot of that. Brian Burns and uh, who's the other one? Brian Burns. Brian Burns' name keeps coming up. Basically, so because Brian Burns is a stud, first of all, but here we go. Oh, I know, but I, my, my coach, I was talking to one of my coaches on the phone. And he was like, man, what about Brian Burns? Like, can they trade? And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, Brian Burns is good. Are the Panthers he's, just oh, he's great. So first of all, the Carolina Panthers aren't going to be offering Brian Burns. They're trying to build around Brian Burns. Plus, the 49ers can't afford to pay Brian Burns and Nick Bosa $60 million per year when their contracts are up, right? So <laughs> Brian Burns is definitely something that's not going to happen. And I know he's a really good player, but it just doesn't fit for what the 49ers are looking for. The 49ers need big-time draft picks, and they need to be able to do a lot. And the 49ers can maybe move down from 10 if they got 10. And uh, so, yeah, it would take 10 plus one of those second round picks, at least for the 49ers, I think, to do something. And they would need multiple swings and some draft picks to make sense. It would have to be an overpay. And look, and if there's Jets fans in here, I would love to hear from you in the chat. They would scoff at it and they should like that's and it's like, OK, then you don't get Debo because we want to keep Debo. That's the whole point. You've got to overpay for Debo Samuel. It would have to be a pretty huge trade. Let, let's say the let's say the Jets draft a receiver at 10. You know. They, they're oh we don't want to give up that picture, but we, we'll take a receiver instead of going to get Debo. So you take, I don't know, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Do you like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, or whoever with Zach Wilson, or do you like Elijah Moore, Debo Samuel, and everyone else with Zach Wilson? And they got Corey Davis too, so it's not that it's not like they're completely bare at wide receiver. They should talk to a Jets fan, and they make it seem like, I mean, who do you have to throw the ball to? Well, the, I, we, Davis was very inconsistent. To be honest with you, we wouldn't be talking that much about wide receiver with the Jets right now if it wasn't for them going after other wide receivers. Yeah, yeah that's true. 
take a wide receiver but you know you wouldn't be just be like oh the jets are the team because wide receiver is their biggest need they've got other needs they need a corner they need a pass rusher and i think they, that's don't need cor- they, they like bryce they like bryce uh bryce oh, hall they just signed dj reed 33 million dollars they just gave him 33 million him too much money. right i mean He's but you know what i'm saying like those are the, those are their outside corners dj reed's a nickel isn't he Oh, he's outside. He played outside for Seattle. That's what got him paid. They're going to get sauce, dude. They're going to get Thibodeau and Stingley. They're going to get sauce and Jermaine Johnson, something like that. I think that's why they're trying to trade those two seconds to get the receiver because they don't want to spend 10 on a receiver. They want to go defense, defense with those picks. Maybe mm-hmm. even an offensive tackle. Who knows? See, they're lucky I'm not doing negotiations. I'd probably take, I ain't going to lie. I would probably take it. I would say, I would say 35, 38, 69, or like maybe, you know, an, I don't know, a late day or early day three pick and give me like a one or two next year. Like I would be, I would be fine with that. If you're talking to one next year, along with 35 and 38 and 69, we might be be talking, but you just got to step up from 35, 30. But that would be aggressive in my opinion. Oh, and it has to be aggressive. That's kind of the point of all this for me. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think he's going to get traded. If he did get traded, who do you take? Who do you like at 10? You take Garrett Wilson? Oh, in the chat right now, we got Rick Torres, and he says Crocker has proved he isn't a good negotiator. Y'all can say that, but if it, if 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 Eric Crocker was GM, Jimmy wouldn't be here. And all the worries y'all have, we'd have an extra third round pick right now. Right? True. I jumped Jimmy, on it because I knew it was a great deal. But wait, Croc, the draft hasn't happened yet. Jimmy G's gonna get traded on draft night. Debo Samuel on like next Tuesday is gonna have a new contract. You watch. All right. Maybe. Maybe. We got to talk draft, Croc. Who are the prospects? I want to see in the chat. Which prospects do you want to talk about? Who would you take at 10 if Debo Samuel was traded to the Jets and you ended up with that pick? Or, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15, 16. One of those Eagles, uh, one of those Saints picks, maybe the Jets pick. What, What kind of players are you guys looking at there? And Croc and I have some prospects we want to get into next that the 49ers currently have draft picks that they could actually take if they don't trade Debo Samuel. That coming up. But first, how about Build Bar, Croc? You know what? That's what I think. It's I think, uh, what's his name? Tori, what's Debo's agent's name? Tori something. Tori Dandy or something like that. Tori Dandy. Something like that. He needs to just sit down with the built bar and chill out and stop stirring yeah. up so much crap for his client. They're gonna get paid. Debo, just have yourself a peanut butter built bar. Feel good about it. Stay slim and trim. Nah, I, I think he's more of a built bar puff type guy. Yeah, Debo might be a puffs guy. Yeah, the yeah. first ever protein infused marshmallow. By the way, and most built bars contain only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein to make you feel satisfied compare that to a candy bar which usually has 240 plus calories 30 grams of sugar dozens of net carbs and the peanut butter built bar is back croc loves himself some cookies and cream himself some built bar puffs as well there's tons of new flavors going up all the time at built.com and oh yeah they're all covered in 100 real chocolate which really makes you feel like you are eating a treat and makes everything so delicious. So go to builds.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builds.com. 
Jermaine Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum, Traylon Burks. Seen some good names in there for the 49ers to select if they did a deal. I think Linderbaum might get close enough to where the 49ers. What about that? We haven't talked a lot about Alex Mack. Alex Mack retires or the 49ers don't know. I think Linderbaum, he's only 6'2", less than 300 pounds. He's only a fit for certain schemes. He starts to slip into round two a little bit. Niners go up from 61 and get their Not strong. Not a guy that has a like really good anchor. Yeah. I, yeah, he is someone that fits a very specific scheme. He fits the 49ers scheme uh, with his movement skills. Go up and get him if he slips into round two? Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially if you, I mean, if you lose Alex Mack, then, uh, yeah, you definitely 100% have to really address it because, I mean, who's your center? Now, I did post something earlier today about the Dallas Cowboys and how seven of their last eight first-round draft picks have all been to the Pro Bowl. And, like, a lot of them have been all pro as well. And I keep hearing the philosophy that the Dallas Cowboys use is they, they, they take best player available no matter what. So we're all talking about, oh, you got to go center. You got to go guard. You got to go corner. You got And they're just like, we are taking the best player. And I think that's why when you look at the Dallas Cowboys roster, a lot of times it is loaded. Now, people might say, well, they don't win. And it's like, okay, well, maybe their coaches suck or whatever the case is. But in the sense of talent, like how comfortable if you just take that Dallas Cowboy roster and actually like just change the jerseys, put 49er uniforms on all those guys last year, how much more confident would you be that the 49ers are a Super Bowl caliber team with the coaching staff? There's a good chance the 49ers would have made the Super Bowl if that's the case, unless they ran into a team that then had Debo Samuel on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But they draft very well. I say all that to say, we're talking about Lindemann and trading up for a guy because center is a need, but I feel like if you see the best player that you have available on your board, trade up for him. Yeah, and if Linderbaum happens to be that guy, then okay. But you're right. BPA is the way to go. And that's why the 49ers mid-round picks have been so good because they're drafting really good football players, right? They're like, we love this guy. We love everything about this guy. Let's draft him. They need to take whatever their day three strategy is into round one and round two, and I think they would be cooking. Yeah. All right, Croc. Tell us about Cordell Flott, one of your favorite Ooh. day three prospects in this draft. Day three, right? He's too skinny to be going around two or three. <laughs> he is skinny. I- I'll say this. The analytical crowd, and they'll put all the numbers into this random database that I have no idea about, and it probably will make a whole lot of sense when they spit the numbers out that there's never been a corner that is good that's six feet tall, six feet or taller and less than 180 pounds can't be good, right? So the success rate on that type of guy it's just never happened. Oh, I think we lost. He's Croc. very. We you lost we, me. Oh, you're back. No, you, you cut out for a second. Oh uh, yeah, I see. Basically, uh, what you're saying uh, is, if you're six two and less than 180 pounds, you there's never been a. Well, he's player. six foot. Okay. Yeah, he's six foot. But anyways, terrific uh, coverage skills from inside and outside. He's a guy that played a lot of man coverage because if you play for LSU, you are going to play man regardless of where you line up. He is very comfortable in the slot. Is he? Uh, Kuan Williams, who is super aggressive and throw guys off off of him and go in and make tackles. I, I don't know about that. He's very slim. But just from a coverage skill standpoint, he's he's legit. So if you're talking about, you know, fifth, sixth round, I think he's the that's that's the kind of guy I would want to get later in the draft. 
And I watched Cordell Flott. He's skinny, but he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. He'll he'll tackle right. people. Uh, by the way, Cordell Flott out of LSU, a very skinny player. You might have visions of Richard Robinson in your head if you're a 49ers fan thinking about, okay, skinny cornerback, day three guy from Not LSU. as long, though. So so my thing, and, and again, so there's two things here. One, Rashad Robinson actually could play, but he never reached as good as he could be because he just was so messed up here, Yeah, right? Those aren't the issues that you're dealing with with Flot, as far as I know. So, you know, Flot wasn't kicked out of LSU and, you know, had to, you know, play half a season or whatever the heck Robinson's situation was. That was weird to take him fourth round anyways when you think back on that. But, and actually Redmond, before I drafted him third round in that draft, Coming off of ACL. Yeah, he played for a long time. He still plays like nickel and stuff for the Packers. Is he still playing? Yeah, he like he has started like playing. Yeah, he's been playing. Real uh Will Redmond. But anyways, Flot, he's he's not as long as Richard Robinson, who once you're long like that, your movement skills start to get a little bit tougher and stuff like that. Like Flot, shorter arms, I believe, like not as ideal as you would like. But from a cover skill standpoint, the guy that you're taking late, I think that that would be a solid pick. Yeah, I love that one. Because he can really play excited. outside and inside. Yeah, I feel like you'd be comfortable with him being able to turn around with anybody. Yeah, he did a lot of it at LSU. Matter of fact, to the point where when when him and Stingley were true freshmen, I thought I thought they were going to be the best tandem in college football moving forward. I was excited when I saw Flot when you told me about him. I was like, oh yeah, I love this dude. He plays and just the way he plays, and yeah, he's definitely skinny. He might go, you know, shorter armed six feet and a half 175 that is very skinny uh he's sort of the cornerback version of Devonte smith and uh like he's so skinny that it's like dude just put some thigh pads in to make your legs look like they're actually bigger than they are <laughs> you know one of those but but he played and he's really young one of the youngest players in the draft according to matt barrows who uh in his article about players who have visited the 49ers cordell flott is one of them so the 49ers are in on cordell flott he could be a nice fit he won't turn 21 until the end of August. So right before wow. the season starts, really young player. And uh, Maybe that's why he's so skinny. Cause when I was 20, I was like 175 too. <laughs> I was a rail, but I wasn't like trying to lift 225 either. By the way, I saw your seven reps of 225 crock. Well done. Yeah. You know, I got to get back into it. You know, I wouldn't hit a single rep of 225. I got to be honest. Oh. <laughs> I would need some time to, to get that one rep in. Uh, I would skip that at the combine for sure. Yeah. Uh, fifth to sixth round is the uh, is the range, according to Dane Brugler of The Athletic, of where Cordell Flott could go. And I would love that pick in that fifth to sixth round range. And the 49ers, I think, could go day three corner, although I think they have their outside corners pretty well figured out. Uh, who else have you been looking at that you like for the 49ers, Croc? Oh, man, I've been – oh, hold on. I got a whole Rolodex of guys here, all right? Uh, first guy I want to talk about here is Pierre Strong, running back out of South Dakota. Who all the right. 49ers yeah. have also had in and who was in our mock draft of the 49ers. He has all kinds of speed, maybe the fastest running back in the draft, 4-3-7, taking 50 yarders to the house all day long at South Dakota State. Right. Now, I, I don't want to put the the – Raheem Mostert's speed on anyone. Like, Raheem Mostert, very, very, very freakish and unique speed. But if you want something that is, I don't even want to say similar. That's hard. I mean, I hold Raheem Mostert's speed to such a high standard. But you want somebody that can fly, all right, that has good size, that can fly. He's about 5'10", 207. Uh, man, he is a one-cut, get-up-field type guy. Now, he has some issues, and this is why I think that he's not going to fit every scheme, but he definitely can fit the 49ers scheme as a change of pace back. He you, he can't stop his feet. 
Like he's not one of these guys that can be patient. Like, oh, let me let me be patient and make a guy miss in space and do all that. He, he's not that. He is a I'm gonna read this moving offensive line, and once I see that crease, I have to put my foot in the ground and go. Because he can't stop his feet and then make a move off of that. Uh he struggles to kind of make guys miss in space. He runs a lot like what I saw early on from Raheem Mostert, where it was a guy where it's like, man, clearly he has speed, he can get around the edge, but man. Can he make some guys miss? And he starts to kind of add that to his game a little bit, even though, I mean, you'll never mistake him for just Barry Sanders or anything like that. But he got a little bit, bit, a little bit better at that. And I think Pierre Strong, when you watch him, he's one of those guys too. But he fits the 49ers. I don't think he's going to fit every system because he isn't a guy. Again, I don't see him really making guys miss. I don't really see him being, being able to be a patient back in more of a power scheme. It's a one cut and go. But he does that very well if that's what the 49ers are looking for. Absolutely love it. Perfect fit for the 49ers. Projected to go in the fifth round or so range, according to The Athletic. Another player the 49ers have brought in at running back. A couple more at running back. Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. 4-4-5 speed. A little bigger. 210 pounds. Although, um, Pierre Strong is not necessarily small. He, he's built pretty well for yeah. a guy who's got that 4-3 speed. And look, Kyle Shanahan doesn't want you dancing around. He wants you to get that speed going downhill as soon as you see that crease and another running back ty chandler out of north carolina is a four is a player the 49ers have met with four three eight speed at the combine at 511 204 so very similar sized and speeded guys there although uh by the way the 1.46 second 10 yard split for ty chandler and you see a little bit of burst on tape mm. Ty Chandler. So I can see why uh, he's someone the 49ers like sixth to seventh round grade for him, according to the athletic. But uh, yeah, I, I've liked what I've seen from all those guys and things pretty clear. The 49ers are sniffing around running backs and we're going to see some speed added to that group on day three. And I like it. Keep those running backs yeah. in day three where they belong. All right. We're out of time for the regular pod here. Croc, do you want to stick around and get into the chat a little bit and do a little overtime? Yeah, it's just, I got some more more guys to talk about here so let's do it we'll talk about more guys all next week as we prepare for the draft it's going to be draft week next time we meet for the uh for this podcast but let's get into a little bit more of the chat some more of our uh sleeper draft picks for the 49ers if you want to hear more of this pod and some of the overtime when we go live you got to check out the youtube channel thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen if you're live with us on youtube stick around in the chat croc and i will be back on the regular pod Monday right here, Locked On 49ers.